Hey TLC, what a privilege to be able to open the Bible together this morning. I can't wait to be back in person. I can't wait for the sound of people singing and worshipping, for the spontaneous moments in Jesus' presence where we just want to linger. Part of me is even excited about loading the van. I mean, a year ago, whoever would have thought that that would have got me buzzing at the thought of loading a van to unload it in a venue to set up for church. But in this season, let me just take a moment to say thank you to the unsung heroes of TLC. People who have spent hours filming and editing videos and spent what feels like decades editing audio, mixing, recording for worship. Thank you. You know who you are. I won't mention you publicly because it would rob you of your eternal rewards. But thank you for serving Jesus, for serving the church, and for producing what I believe is truly excellent. Our TLC online services are amazing. I love honesty. I was in Madison's dessert shop last week. I ordered three drinks, two chai lattes, and a toffee nut latte. Normally I'd go for caramel, but he recommended toffee nut, and it tasted like I was drinking a Snickers. It was absolutely beautiful. But the man behind the till put the prices together and then he presented me with a sum of money for the purchase, which I knew to be incorrect. He charged me for two drinks instead of all three. He was none the wiser. And in that moment, in the simplicity of it, you're faced with a choice. Do I, A, thank you, Lord, for giving me discount. Through your supernatural ways, I accept the sovereignty and generosity of the King of Kings. Also, Ninos, don't say anything and just pay for two drinks. Or do you do the honest thing? So I did the honest thing. Hey, mate, I'm really sorry. You've only charged me for two drinks, but I've got three. And he goes, why did you, why did you tell me that? And all of a sudden you get the opportunity for a conversation. Honesty and integrity speaks volumes about our closeness with Jesus. But over the years, I've also learned that honesty can land you in trouble. I remember in the early days of the TLC football team, we were getting absolutely battered most weeks. So sometimes we'd lose 10, 11 nil. It wasn't pretty, but the lads kept on soldiering on. And I remember a few weeks into the season, it was about 60 minutes into the game and we were leading. And the ball went out of play. The linesman gave the throw to us, but I knew that the ball actually came off me. What do you do? Thank you, Lord, that you work all things together for the good of those who love you and accord according to your purposes. Thank you for the gift of mercy, unmerited throw-ins that I don't deserve, also known as take the throw even though it doesn't belong to you. Or do you be, ref, it's their throw, the ball came off me. So I told the ref, they took the throw, it led to a goal and we lost the game. Let me tell you, the team were not best pleased. But in that moment, I felt I did the right thing, even though my honesty landed me in trouble. Lord, today, would you come and speak to us, your people? Give us ears to hear what you're saying and eyes to see what you're doing. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to come and flood every living room, every bedroom where people are watching this service. Lord, would something of the tangible presence of God meet with us deeply and cause us to become more and more like Jesus in your name. 
Amen. See, as humans, we often love the concept of honesty, truth, and integrity when it presents a favorable outcome. My generation is one who believe that truth is largely subjective. It's like beauty, it's in the eye of the beholder. And it's not objective, concrete, regardless of my perspective. And I've been in countless conversations over the last couple of years with the person I'm communicating with ends the discussion by saying, well, that's true for you, but it might not be true for me. Truth in its nature cannot be subjective. Otherwise, it's just an opinion based on human perspective. However, our opinions may mean that we don't see the truth entirely as it's intended to be seen. And just to say to all of us, we are all entitled to an opinion, but we're not all entitled to be correct. For me as a Jesus follower, I can have an opinion on many, many things, but the truth I believe does not bow to my opinion. Rather, my opinion must submit to the truth I find in the person of Jesus. TLC, when it comes to understanding truth, only God holds the perspective to see all things entirely correctly and therefore truthfully. Often our upbringing, life experiences, or the significant moments of our past can alter our perspective. And if our perspective parallel to God's is slightly skewed, then we'll never see the truth as God intends it to be seen. Therefore, the only way that we can ensure that we live in and love out of truth is to allow our perspective not to be governed by circumstance, but to be rooted in scripture. When it comes to knowing the truth, we have to begin with the person of Jesus. And I love that Jesus describes himself as the truth, not a truth. It's not subject to opinion. He is the single truth that governs our entire universe. There is no debate in him because our view of Jesus is not limited by human perspective. Matthew 16, 15 and 17 says this, and this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. He, Jesus, asked them, well, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered what is possibly the most groundbreaking statement in the entirety of the Bible. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You see, Simon's understanding had not come through human perspective or perception, Therefore, it allows for no human error. When it comes to understanding the person of Jesus, God does something in our spirit by his spirit that allows us to receive revelation. And sometimes suddenly something clicks to see the truth as God intends it to be seen. It's revelation delivered by the spirit sent from the father concerning the person of Jesus. You see, there is only one correct perspective of Christ. And Simon Peter nails it. He is the truth, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And as we journey through the concept of Jesus being honest in his character, let's believe this truth, that we will know the truth and then the truth will set us free. Today, Jesus is beautifully honest. John 14, six to seven says this. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. 
Because he, Jesus, is the truth, the perfect depiction of the Father, it means that when we see Christ, we also see the one who sent him. And just to give a perspective on this, Jesus is not just a mirror of the Father. He is a telescope pointing exclusively toward him. If we've seen Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, then we've also seen the Father. I've got three thoughts for us based on the life of Christ, talking about honesty of character. And our first one is this, Jesus walked with integrity. In my brackets, I've put, he was honest of heart. Now I love watching Jesus lead through the pages of scripture. He is beautifully honest in the way that he just is. He doesn't force it. He doesn't try for it. He lives it. On our most recent podcast episode, Josh Jones said this quote, and I believe he stole it from D.L. Moody, but for now I'll credit it to him. He said, character is who you are in the dark. All the rest is reputation. You see, in the dark moments is when we see the beauty and the honesty of the character of Christ. In the dark moments is where Jesus' character is best outworked, away from the crowd and in seclusion. He was honest at his core. Matthew 26, verse 37 to 39 said this. Then he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. Yet... I want your will to be done, not mine. You see, Jesus' honesty is reflected in his beautiful vulnerability. He hid nothing from the Father. He was authentic and honest at heart. He also hid very few things from his disciples. Jesus, through this passage, is honest in his pain. He's honest in his plea. And he's honest in his purpose. Jesus left nothing unsaid. The integrity of his character was born in the vulnerability of his intimacy. He was honest through and through because he disclosed all of himself to his father. I love that he was honest with his friends. The passage says, he became anguished and distressed and he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Now, I've never heard anyone use words like that before, but I can only imagine what his friends and disciples would have thought at that moment. The one who breathed the stars into being, who spoke creation into form. He cried and he lamented with his closest friends. For you and I, vulnerability is often the window of honesty how we are in the dark, how we are with our father and how we are with our close connections and close friendships is often a good way of understanding how honest we are at our core. But just to say Jesus chose his people. He had 72, of that he had 12 and of the 12 he had three. He didn't take all 72 into the garden. He took his close three and he allowed himself to be vulnerable to the point of grief with them. For us, We can only walk in honesty at our core if we walk honestly with the honest one. So for you and I in this journey towards character of honesty, let's firstly be honest with him. And then let's be honest about ourselves with others. 
Vulnerability is the key to integrity. So my first point for us today, church, is this. Jesus walked with integrity. He was honest of heart. Secondly, Jesus spoke with authenticity. Again, in my brackets, honest words, just to make it really simple for me. Now, if Jesus had a catchphrase, it would be, I tell you the truth. In fact, in the Gospel of John alone, Jesus says this 70 times. So to set the scene, the disciples are playing bingo. Now, they wouldn't have, because it's gambling, although they did cast lots, choose your own opinion. And I imagine in Jesus' bingo, the first guess would have always been, I tell you the truth. I think secondly, it might have been the kingdom of heaven is like. And thirdly, if you've watched The Chosen, it's probably Simon, because he's about to do something stupid. John 8, 31 to 32. You are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus' teachings, his words are truth incarnate that lead us into freedom. For a moment, we're going to pause in John 4. Jesus meets a woman at Jacob's well in Sychar, and after a brief conversation, he speaks the truth to her. You've had five husbands, and the man that you're currently sleeping with is not your husband. He walked in honesty and integrity. He always spoke the truth. But here's the kicker for you and I. Jesus spoke truth with grace. He was honest in his conversation, and that brought revelation but he also paved the way for grace, which enabled salvation. He didn't just present her with the truth of her situation. He also brought grace to cover her mistakes and to lead her into freedom. He explains why this woman is rejected by her society. But then he informs her that she is accepted by the Messiah. Grace and truth. He was honest in his words. Dan Fox said on a recent YA live stream, truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Jesus walked with both of them in beautiful tandem together. Firstly, Jesus walked with integrity. He was honest of heart. Secondly, Jesus spoke with authenticity. He had honest words. And lastly, thirdly for us today, Jesus loved with transparency. In brackets, honest actions. Now we all have a measure of prejudice. We unintentionally look at people differently to how we look at others because we lack at times the whole truth. At times we lack a heavenly perspective. Now it's something here at TLC that we're constantly evaluating so that we can better see people as Jesus intends them to be seen. You see, where we have prejudice, he has none. Jesus' love for people and therefore his conduct with them is directed by his view of them. He sees people without the filter. He sees humanity as they were made by the creator. He doesn't see a label. He doesn't see a housing situation. He doesn't see unemployment. He sees what the father has enabled him to see. Like we said at the beginning, his perspective comes from revelation and not just human interpretation. Again, in John 4, in his encounter with the woman at the well that we just looked at. What I need to inform you of is that she was a Samaritan. And for you and I, that probably means absolutely nothing. But when his disciples arrived back with food and found him talking with a Samaritan woman, they were absolutely mind blown. It just didn't happen. 
Not only was she a woman, but also she was a Samaritan. And Jewish men would have been educated to believe that Samaritans wanted to claim in the Messiah, but their claim was illegitimate. They would have been taught in their schools that Samaritans were, for want of a better phrase, a half-breed. Jewish men would have been instructed to believe through systematic racism that had been passed down to them that Samaritans were unclean people. In fact, they wouldn't have even traveled through Samaria to get somewhere. How inconceivable then and improbable that the very Messiah the Jewish people have been waiting for was revealing himself first to a Samaritan woman because his actions saw beyond the circumstantial, beyond the cultural and beyond the physical. His actions were permeated by the truth of the Father. He didn't see her label. He didn't see her skin color. He didn't see her relationship status. His honesty and integrity and authenticity allowed him to see beyond the external. And we know from the Old Testament that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. Instead, he looks at the heart. Jesus chose to walk a certain road through an area never traveled to sit with a woman widely rejected. And in doing so, he saw beyond her color, he saw beyond her mess, and he broke every barrier to draw her close. The manifest love of Jesus is made perfect in his honesty in how he sees individuals. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While she was still a mess, while she was still committing adultery, while she was still a Samaritan, he chose to reveal to her that he was the Messiah. Jesus' love saw beyond the mess and the cultural shame of the situation. And so his honest love sees beyond our sin, our shame and our disgrace. And while we didn't deserve the love he paid the price for, he gives us redemption anyway. Firstly, Jesus walked with integrity. He had an honest heart. Secondly, he spoke the truth with authenticity. He had beautifully honest words and his words, the truth that then lead us into freedom. And thirdly, Jesus spoke and loved with transparency. He had honest actions. He is the truth the unquestionable, honest reflection of the Father, present in creation, filled with the Spirit made visible for you and I. He is truth in flesh. And for us today, church, if we are truly his disciples and remain faithful to his teaching, then we will know him, the truth, and that truth will lead us into freedom. TLC, let me implore us again, to walk with integrity. How can we be honest in our character? Firstly, let's live lives that are painfully vulnerable. Vulnerable at the foot of the cross and vulnerable with the people that God's allowed to have impact and input into our lives. Let's not live in the darkness, but let's bear everything in the light. Secondly, let's speak with authenticity. Truth with grace. 
revelation that brings salvation. Let's never hide away from the big questions, but let's always speak the truth in love as Jesus so beautifully demonstrates. And thirdly for us church, let's love transparently. Let's not allow ourselves ever to be blinded by prejudice or by false perspective. And let's endeavor to see people honestly as he intends them to be seen. It's time that we remove the filter. Father, I pray for us as a church. Lord, help us see clearly. Lord, help us speak with authenticity. Help us love with transparency. Jesus, thank you for your beautifully honest character. Lord, I pray that we would allow that character to be manifest in us so that when we see others, we see them as you intended and so that when people see us, they actually see the likeness of the person of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.